Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome back to Revive the Drive. I'm Pastor Art Georges, joined in the studio today by Rich Burkle and Daniel Bennett. And in this session, uh, we are again dealing with the topic, the issue of homosexuality and the church. And we want to uh, make this session a very practical session, helping you, the listener, in uh, understanding how the Bible teaches us to deal with the issue of homosexuality, how we uh, approach those who are struggling with same-sex attraction, uh, how we uh, think of it ourselves, and how we help them if they are willing to let us come alongside of them. And we've been talking about practical questions. We dealt with uh, why this is an important issue, and we talked about the the Bible and uh, same-sex attraction and homosexuality. And now we're just kind of going through some practical questions. And we talked about some practical questions related to the church last time. And uh, here are just some, and we'll see how many of, we get, of these we get through, but, but uh, here are some practical questions that I have that we can talk through about how believers are to engage uh, loved ones who are struggling with same-sex attraction and, and just our, our culture that's celebrating uh, homosexuality, not just uh, understanding same-sex attraction, but, but promoting this as a, a, uh, a moral lifestyle. One question that uh, I, I have that you all have, have dealt with as well is uh, what about believers who have family members who are in this lifestyle and are, are now preparing to participate in a ceremony they're calling a wedding, how, how should believers um, respond to that? How, how do we show love? Uh, why, so how do we respond to the wedding? Then how do we respond to relation to, to relating to that couple uh, in their new lifestyle? How, how do we, how do we continue mm-hmm. a relationship with them? Or do we, do we say no more relationship with you? How, how would you guys uh, handle that issue? Yeah. Well, uh, I think in terms of uh, being part of or attending a ceremony of that nature, I believe that Christians ought to refrain from attending uh, because there's a sense of uh, a sanction by being there, uh, an agreement with what's going on. Uh, that ceremony uh, is probably going to be conducted much in in, in tune with uh, a, a regular wedding ceremony, uh, some different aspects. and. And that's been given to us by God. We celebrate marriage as God calls us to celebrate it. And so by participating in that or being uh, present, uh, there is a sense where there is an affirmation by those who would call themselves Christ followers. You know, the the issue is not whether you go to a birthday party. Right. You know, the issue is not whether you, would uh, you know, give a housewarming gift. The issue is whether you go to a wedding. And I think that's the matter that, that makes this uh, question unique. You know, a wedding is a sacred event. It's an event that's uh, established by God, and, and we acknowledge it's with God that what is taking place is a couple's vows to the Lord as, as well as to one another, and that uh, there is an element of sacred ceremony 
uh, as a result of God's presence there in a wedding ceremony. And, and of course, uh, a marriage or a wedding of two homosexuals is um, a denial of the holiness of God in the midst of a sacred ceremony. And by definition, then, I, I would consider that a sacrilege. And uh, what we find is we read the Old Testament, um, sacrilege is taken very seriously by God. So whether it's Nadab and Abihu, um, you know, offering strange fire, um, whether it's Aaron uh, fashioning this golden calf and in, in honor of, of uh, God um, and celebration of God, uh, then uh, we find God having very strong responses because he's a God who's jealous for his glory. And and for this reason, um, I would not, um, and I would encourage others not to participate in the wedding ceremony itself of of a homosexual couple. Um, and it all relates to that issue of sacrilege. It's interesting, Daniel and I were in South Africa, and we were talking about this very issue. And uh, we began talking with a couple of students at Dave Beakley's uh, seminary, Dave Beakley leads, um, and these both were African men, and uh, uh, they were they were talking about whether or not uh, they would have the freedom to go to a grave covering ceremony, and a grave covering ceremony in their culture is a religious event in which after let's say your dad dies, um, then you wait a certain. Uh, period of time, it might be six months, nine months, a year, and then you have a religious event of uncovering that grave, and in the act of uncovering that grave, you're releasing that your dad's spirit to be able to minister to you and the rest of the family. And, uh, you know, this is what they believed in, and was very strong in their culture, and uh, they said, now we no longer can, can go, and one mentioned that his dad that they had a grave covering ceremony for his dad and that he told his family he couldn't go to that and how his family was very very offended that they wouldn't that he wouldn't go but but he he recognized this was a line that he could not cross mm-hmm. because of its sacrilegious nature and I thought well here we have two different issues but really the same issue it's yes. a, it's an issue related to sacrilege we're all in agreement that whenever whenever you go to a wedding you're not some casual observer you're there to witness the and to be a a witness to a covenant being made between two individuals. And so you're affirming the the validity of this. Co- you know, there's a reason why people used to say, if anyone ha- has any opposition to this union, speak now forever, hold your peace, because that's what people are there to wedding to do is to affirm the. the and maybe covenant. just to jump in there yeah. too. Um, I, I don't think it's any different than if, if a couple were having a wedding ceremony, which they were going to give praise to the wind, the God of earth. Okay. Uh, you know, a natural ceremony. I, I think at that point you say this this is not reflective of what a wedding is. It is taking that which God had given for the purpose of glory and, and actually making it an idolatrous event. Mm-hmm. And so so that's that's just another issue that it's not just related to the sin of homosexuality, but it, it kind of broadens us to think about what is what is a wedding yes. and why is that sacred? Yes. That's good. So now this person in your family has uh, done something they call, they call marriage, and we would say that, that God defines what marriage is, and so we wouldn't even recognize that as a valid description of, of what's taken place here. But um, that's that's what this relationship is now called. Now they're living together as as a what they would call a married couple. How how do you interact with them? Because your love for that person doesn't 
wane. You, you still love them. You still care for them. You still want to be in a relationship with them. Uh, the question I've been asked is, okay, now how do I relate to them? And how do, if I have kids, how do I expose them to that, that lifestyle? Right, right. Yeah. I think uh, Paul addressed this when he addressed sin within the congregation at Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 5, he, uh, he talked about the fact that uh, what you're really describing there is uh, whether or not you shun someone. That's kind of a mm-hmm. term that's been brought to the culture. Uh, and, and that shunning, if there is any, uh, is reserved more for intimate fellowship with those who claim to be believers, uh, part of your uh, union, but are no longer walking in uh, in communion with Christ, and Paul says it's those that you don't spend time with. I'm not talking about those who are outside of God's family, which, as we've done in an earlier session, shown that uh, the practicing homosexual would not be part of God's um, covenant family or, or, or uh, uh, Christ's community. And so you would spend time with them in, in ways that you would hope would become strategic so that you could bring the gospel to bear on their lives, uh, to show the joy that you have in Christ and desire to call them to the same light. Right. Now, I, I don't know if you guys would agree with this assessment, but um, it, it's it's my belief that um, our culture is just rapidly headed toward uh, the, uh, the acceptance of not just homosexuality as a lifestyle, but the embracing of... Uh, calling a relationship between two men or two women marriage. I think that's where we're headed. As a Christian, uh, what I think is going to happen, and and if you guys think maybe we're headed somewhere differently, by God's grace, I I hope you're right, and we can talk about that too, but if we're headed to a place where um, our culture widely comes to to celebrate uh, same-sex marriage and we begin to see our politicians um, embrace that definition of, of marriage as well. How do we interact as Christians with the state as, as this starts taking place? Would, is there going to become a day, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is where all the, all the people we have the possibility of voting for have this definition of, of marriage and, and how, how do we, how do we continue to interact with our, our culture as, mm-hmm. as this is where we're, we're headed or are we headed there? Yeah, I, th- I think w- we are. Um, at least the demographics seem to show that that every year the the rapid pace of acceptance of homosexual marriage is uh, continuing to make great strides and and uh, and there's greater and greater affirmation by all the power brokers of culture, whether it's corporations or uh, news media outlets or Hollywood that are very open of charging those who disagree with homosexual marriage with bigotry and with hating and mm-hmm. uh, uh, discrimination and all kinds of evils. So so I, I, I think definitely the culture is there. Um, you know, your your question is, is a deep one. It's a long one. But, um, you know, in brief, I, I would say that as believers, we have already a good example of how to interact with a government that's become hostile to God from yeah. New Testament documents. Yeah. So that's that's the very situation Peter and Paul were in when they wrote about how to interact with our government. That um, and it's a sad for for those of us who've grown up uh, in a nation 
who said, we are under God, <laughs> one nation under God, in God we trust, um, because there are so many blessings, economic, um, I, I think in reference to peace and reference to social order, that were part of America because we were one nation under God, the blessings that come from acknowledging God and acknowledging his standards. And and we have to realize that that's, that's going to go out the window with the rejection of God and with the rejection of of his uh, his design, we're already seeing that. You know, we're, we're seeing that happen. And so now, you know, we we say, okay, God still calls us to honor authorities. Um, we will have less and less influence, and so that 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 hope that maybe we can change the culture through voting will become less and less. Mm-hmm. And the only caveat to that is if God would send revival. And and perhaps, right. you know, th- th- what what this motivates me to think about and to pray about more is, Lord, send revival to my heart and, mm-hmm. and uh, send revival to our church, you know, and because and, it has to begin with us. Um, but that is really the, the only hope for, for any change taking place, the spiritual transformation mm-hmm. of the heart of a nation. Mm-hmm. I think short of that uh... – we also have to determine in advance that we're not going to be ashamed of the gospel, that we're going to continue to proclaim the truth with love um, so that we call what the Scriptures clearly call sin, sin, even if it costs us our tax-exempt status, even if it costs us uh, um, people from our church. Um, the Scripture says very clearly that uh, factions will exist so that those who are approved can be made manifest. And and so we need to cultivate already a joy in our hearts in living for and and uh, loving Christ. He is beautiful. He is worthy of our allegiance, even uh, when it costs us privilege and position and power in yeah. this age. And I do believe the cost will become very great for our children, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that there will be many limitations upon the careers, both academic career as well as professional career of believers, just simply because they refuse to celebrate. You know, even if they just keep quiet, but they're just not going to say celebratory comments. You know, the the De- Department of Justice recently sent out a kind of a famous memo to all of its managers saying, uh, talking about Gay Pride Month and, and, and what they're going to do to, to as a department to celebrate homosexuality and homosexuals. And he commented, it was comment, an ominous comment in this memo to managers that silence will be interpreted as a negative, as a, as a negative mm. communication. Mm. I hadn't heard of that. Wow. And, uh, and so, you know, so, so it's already there at, at the highest level of government that your silence, it's not enough, you know, for you not to say anything negative. You, you have to say something positive or else you as a manager are creating a negative work environment for the homosexuals. Right. Wow. I think you're going to have more and more of that. You have you know? to kiss the emperor's image. That's exactly right. You're going to have to say, Kyrios Caesar, Caesar is Lord. Yeah. That's right. Hmm. So now we see uh, the book of Daniel be- as being relevant as well. There's a, and I, I'm going to have a hard time sourcing this, but I think it was either AP or Reuters that that, that uh, was referencing recent coverage of, of uh, the homosexual uh, Debates, I believe, is at the Supreme Court, and they they found that the favorable coverage was for the homosexual movement was five to one. So, not even talking about neutral stories, but positive stories versus mm. um, 
uh, stories that were uh, showing the other perspective of, of, of pro uh, gay marriage, five to one in, in terms of uh, the, the ratio there. That, that, and that was classified as um, stories that highlighted testimonies of people in favor of a position by more than two to one. So mm. it's, a, it's, it's a very remarkable age in which we live. Think about, you know, 2008. In 2008, the presidential candidate from the from both parties uh, would would say that they believe in a traditional understanding of marriage. Uh, you know, Barack Obama would say he believed in other things re- related to the uh, uh, homosexual movement that we would disagree with. But at least both candidates would affirm, "Hey, this is what I believe that marriage is. Is how I would define it." I, I don't think we'll see that in 2016. You know, I but you know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we're wrong. Mm. Um, so here's here's a question then, as as we think about uh, how the church relates to our culture and and uh, uh, how different Christians are going to have different opinions on this issue. Recently, you know, Rob Bell came out in favor of uh, homosexual marriage. Other Christians have said this is an issue we need to kind of take a pass on. Is this a debatable issue among? Christians like can we say you know what we can agree to disagree with other Christians on how to handle same-sex attraction homosexuality I don't know that we can concede it because uh, again um, at the root of this is the glory of God Um, it's an exchange of the glory of God that would cause this to be so rampant and uh, the church is called to live and proclaim the glory of God Uh, God says he won't give his glory to another and so by remaining silent on this, uh, we're, we're bent on not remaining silent by having the, these sessions, I guess. Um, by remaining silent, we're uh, conceding uh, an important issue of God's glory. And and it, it betrays an underlying uh, difference in foundation. Right. So that, that it's not just this issue of homosexuality that Suddenly, we're agreement with everything else, but it reveals that no, we disagree on the foundation of the truth. You know, it's it's interesting in in um, to to observe people's responses to some of the denominations that were moving away from Scripture and moving away from the glory of God. Um, that denominations, for instance, like the Presbyterian Church uh, USA, and that was the denomination I was in during high school, and our church left it um, when. Uh, they ordained a person who uh, denied the virgin birth of Christ. And so Archer, you know, Archer said, that's, that's enough, that's it. But many people stayed, and many churches stayed in those kinds of denominations, um, even after those assaults upon the faith. But uh, when those denominations began affirming homosexuality, many of the people finally said, okay, that's it. You know, I, I've got to leave uh, this this group. And yet, my question to those folks is, why didn't you leave it when they were denying the virgin birth of Christ? Right. You know, the, right. This is sort of a peripheral matter, severe indeed, but a peripheral to these cardinal truths of the Christian faith. We've already already related it to the gospel because we've talked about how a person who says that this is not sin and engages in this lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it's not just this issue, but it's, it's a lot of other related issues. And on, on any of these issues, um, uh, it goes back to Romans 1. Not only do they they uh, do these things, but they, they, they give hearty approval. approval to and so, so this yep. isn't an issue where we can say, you know what, I think one thing about this, you think something else, we're all on the same team. This, this is a dividing line. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and division is not caused by truth. Division is always caused by error. And yet it's error that points the finger at truth and says, see, you're creating disunity. Um, it, it asks truth to be silent in order mm. in order for mm-hmm. the sake of unity. And that's, you know, James, he would say, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. And it's, it's in that order that God's wisdom um, rests upon us. Well, we trust that this uh, session has been helpful for you practically, and we hope that the whole uh, um, installment of Revive the Drive and the topic of homosexuality will build you up in your faith and how you need to think and deal with this very important topic that has been uh, troubling the church. And so uh, we pray that uh, our time spent together with you is profitable, and we'll see you again on Revive the Drive.